0: Hi, we're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Gary, who is who has moved. You're, you're now in Santiago in Chile. Gary, how's it going in, in Chile?
1: Uh, it's very good, thank you. Yes, um, lovely weather out here. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I joined the um, the Chile Fantasy Football League from the start of the season because I knew I was moving out here. So um, I fi- finally feel like I'm, uh, I've arrived.
0: Oh, so that's that's the country you picked when you set up your team
1: yes uh and I'm sitting proudly in three hundred and second in Chile in the moment.
0: That's not bad that's not bad it's time maybe to organize a meetup in in Chile um <laughs> yeah how's the spanish
1: uh I'm getting there i I'm still stuttering a lot and the the accent here is really fast and hard to decipher but um yeah, I'm getting there slowly.
0: OK, well, maybe we'll do the next pod in, in Spanish, maybe. Or maybe not. Um, <laughs> on, to, on to FPL. How was, how was game week um, 23 for you? And what is your FPL moment?
1: Um, well, I've had a lovely game week this week. Um, basically, ma- mainly because I've got Gazaniga. Uh, his really unexpected 14 points has kind of caught me up on a lot of people this week. But my my moment of the week, I guess, had to be um, Triore, um, just because a lot of people sub Triore out this week, and I've I've had him for a while now, and he I just like he's he's a bit like um, on Pro Evolution Soccer when you could kind of create a player with different attributes, you you create this really fast guy with this really massive upper body. He looks like he's going to fall over every time he starts running just because he's so top-heavy. But I love watching him play. Um, And I also love the fact that he he got those two assists and he kept setting up goals for Jimenez. And it was a bit bittersweet at the time. I was seeing, oh, another assist for Traore. But, oh, no, Matt's got Jimenez. So I'm not catching up on Matt. But then it it turned out that Matt had transferred out Jimenez this week. So um, it's glorious
0: oh that is that is lovely to see. I am one of those who however, who had Troy as my first sub on my bench um I didn't transfer him out, but I didn't play him. I chose campwell over him, and I think probably a lot of people went for that as well, so a bit gutted, but yeah, what a game week um so how many how many points did you get this week uh
1: sixty two i think yeah sixty two that,
0: so that's pretty high in a low scoring low scoring yeah.
1: Game. I'm slightly gutted that I I, I, ben, I put Fernandez as my first sub, which potentially, if I picked Fernandez, that could have bumped me up even higher to the seventies. Um, also, I had Sterling as captain, who um, I think I'm going to get rid of now. He's been he's kind of been the slightly different player that I've had, but he's, he's I, I keep thinking he's going to burst into life, but he never does.
0: I I have enjoyed I, looking looking at your team every week and seeing Sterling captaincy just doggedly sticking to your guns.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got away with it last week because he ended up not playing, so it reverted back to um, it De Bruyne or so some other player anyway that that did quite well. I think I had Martial as vice captain last week, so it, it, he got eight points. But um, yeah, I'd, I, uh, I I think with the Liverpool trip double week, it's finally time to get rid of Sterling
0: yeah i'm guessing marnie's coming in, into your team in his place that,
1: that's my plan i think um at least for one week i'm not i'm not sure i want Mane and sal well maybe i do i, I guess we'll see how the next couple of games go um yeah. what about yourself duncan what was what was your moment of the week
0: my fpl moment of the week i had a bit of a shocker um this game week, I came in with, I think, around the 40-point mark. I'm still waiting for some bonus coming in, maybe 39 points. Um, so, a bit of a shocking game week in terms of overall rank, uh, dropping 40,000 places or something to 170k, which is a bit annoying. I'm kind of yo-yoing up and around between 100,000 and 200,000 at the moment. But um, my FPL moment is that, that, those kind of game weeks where you have a bad game week in your overall rank but in terms of your mini league uh, I managed to somehow with only 39 points gain 10 points on Ben so slowly grinding down his huge lead um which he's he's gone into um this game week that's my little FBL kind of highlight Um the other one of course is um apologies to everyone I broke Danny Ings um I think me, like a lot of other people who've been ignoring him for the last 10 game weeks, finally brought him in, in a big kind of wave. I thought I was being clever, getting rid of uh, Rashford very early in the week before his injury, um, bringing in Ings. And then Rashford got in- injured and even more people brought in Ings. Um, and yeah, we broke him. He blanked. Yeah, um, well,
1: not. Not just you, uh, Matt also brought in Ings. I said he took out Jimenez. He took out Jimenez for Ings, which I find even funnier. Um, <laughs> but but now I, I, I'm kind of thinking with Ings, he's kind of gone a bit too mainstream. I, I liked I liked him. Uh, I liked him when he was kind of niche and only a few of us were admiring his work. Now I'm I'm wondering whether it's time for me to get rid of him. He's he's kind of sold out a bit. if even Matt's. Been yeah. In.
0: You're not so keen on the latest album, a bit too experimental. He's now up to almost 30% own as well. So he's not really a differential anymore.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's a good player, but I kind of got the feeling that he was kind of overperforming. So um, I, I love it.
0: Everyone brings him in and the Maverick, Gary, is thinking about getting rid of him.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so, but I'm not. I've got a little bit of fiddling around with my team to do so this week. I've got two subs, so I'll see, see what I decide to do.
0: I'd love it if you did that. Um, should we take a break and then when we come back, we're going to have a look at uh, game week, tw- double game week twenty four fixtures. Morning,
1: thoughts
0: So happy. We are so happy.
1: We are so so happy.
0: We're so happy. You are so happy.
1: I'm so happy. Believe me. We're so happy. We are so happy. I'm happy. Man. I'm so happy. Of course, we are so happy. I was so happy. We are so happy. So that's why we are so happy. That's why we
0: are so happy. I was so happy. So happy. We are so happy to be in Wembley. When the team plays good, we are we are so happy. I'm happy for that. But I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for David. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for the players. I'm so happy to be their coach. So happy for him. I'm so happy for 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 England. I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Okay, first up is Aston Villa versus Watford. Um, What do you reckon to this one, Gary?
1: Um, So this one, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Watford go in this one. They've obviously been performing really well under Nigel Pearson. Um, And then if they keep up their good form, this looks like a winnable game for them. Um, I think, was it Ben who mentioned on the last pod um, that some of their midfielders who were kind of, like a no-go zone earlier in the in the fancy football season and now really interesting particularly I think Decore um, who nearly scored against Spurs but has been scoring a lot of points before that uh, he seems to be playing in the hole now so um, I'm, I'm quite tempted by him but I'm not just not quite sure I can uh, fit him into my team um, Sar is another one um, again is very attacking and kind of part of their team um, and, yeah, even the, the defence, another clean sheet. Uh, Matt's one of the people with Ben Foster in his team, and Foster's um, got nearly 100 points now. So so some interesting players for Watford. Um, for Villa, I'm going to keep banging the drum that I've been banging all season for them that's saying that I, I don't think they're very good, in particular their defence. Uh, I, think, I think it's kind of been picked up a bit more on Match of the Day now that they concede an awful lot of shots. And they they're just um kind of not not really uh not really a kind of a a team I'd back on for any clean sheets, even though they've got some very cheap defenders. So so for Villa really, I I, I think it's all about Jack Grealish. He's the only one for Villa that um I think a lot of people have got. And at six point five million, he's still um yeah, twenty percent owned. But um yeah, I'd be I'd be tempted by Grealish if you're if you're looking at someone for, for Villa.
0: There was a lot of talk um recently on in the FPL community about getting rid of Grealish because of Aston Villa's poor form. But I think we were saying a couple of game weeks ago that he's been consistent all season despite uh, Villa not being that fantastic. And, and this game we've just gone again picking up a goal. Um, you know, even when they you know they draw drew that game, but even when they lose, he's often the one to pick up the goal. And when he does score, He comes in with three bonus because he's so involved. So, yeah, I agree. 6.5 is still a lovely price for him, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a beautifully taken goal as well. He just collected the ball really nicely and and slammed a shot in there. And I think he's kind of playing, they're kind of playing a bit of a three up front and he's playing as one of the kind of the wide attackers, which my, my concern about him at the start of the season was that for Villa, he was often coming a bit deeper to kind of create the play, but in this formation where he's further forward um and I think with Villa they have got some decent results at home this season um and you look at their games coming up Watford at home Bournemouth away Tottenham at home Southampton away Sheffield United at home that's five fixtures where yeah you could see them scoring a few goals in that so I think but yeah it's it really is I wonder if it's a double-edged sword though that they become too dependent on Grealish and teams will start to to double mark him and try and keep him out of the game but but yeah I I'd, I'd definitely um he's definitely on my radar put it that way
0: yeah um if they're not double marking him yeah they definitely should be shouldn't they because he is their main threat um what about Bournemouth Brighton um Bournemouth had a pretty torrid time <laughs> against um Against Norwich, we didn't do uh, football moments of the week, but if we did, Steve Cook's diving save would definitely have been mine. Um, Did you see the this uh, incredible save? It
1: it, yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) Wasn't it? I think I think he did. The way he moved his body was slightly unusual. Like I think he was going to try and put in like a diving header to clear it, and then when he realised he couldn't get there with his head, he just kind of very quickly flung his arm up. Um But, yeah, I, I guess with VAR now, you can't even do the old Stephen Taylor, hold my face, hold my ribs or some other part of my body and, and try and kind of brazen it out. You're you just yeah. gone.
0: It's going to get spotted, isn't it? And it leaves Bournemouth with, um uh, well, I mean, they've been struggling for defensive uh, injuries for quite a while now, but the, it leaves them pretty threadbare. Steve Cook, quite a an integral part of their, their back line. So I'm assuming they're going to play a back line, looking at the players they have left, of Aki and Francis at centre-back with Adam Smith and Rico at full-back. So if people have still hung on to Rico, um, he may be coming back into the team, having uh, not featured a little bit recently. Played the last game, so yeah, there's every chance of that. And do you think that uh, Brighton are going to pose a threat to Bournemouth? They're not, not a good team at the moment, are they, Bournemouth?
1: Yeah, I. Don't, I just wonder if the the thing about Bournemouth, like they're on twenty points, they've got fifteen games left, and they' they the kind of the back end of their season is really stacked with really difficult matches. Um, so I ca- I kind of feel like this is their season now that th- these next two games, like at home to Brighton and then at home to Villa like take six points from them they've got a fighting chance of staying up um if they only take like one point from those two games then they're pretty much down and that yeah. kind of desperation sometimes kind of might mean that they're like big players like Callum Wilson and Fraser might step up to the plate a bit uh, that's, that's, I that's my own know. thought
0: I, d- I think desperation is definitely what I saw uh, from from Bournemouth in the last few game weeks, and I don't think it's suiting them. I don't think they, they, they don't seem to work well with desperation because um, mm. they've never really been in this situation in the Premier League before, I don't think. Um, just one, one player from the Brighton side, me and, um, I think it was me and Ben last week on the pod, um, were umming and about, um about who to bring in into the joint team whether it was going to be Ishmaela Assar or Trossard. We went with Assar, and Trossard was the man to come in with 10 pointers, basically picking on the fixtures um, with the Aston Villa game. Next up, it's Bournemouth. So we said these next two were pretty crucial for Brighton, and he's an interesting differential of 5.8.
1: Yeah, he's kind of been one that we've talked about quite a lot on the podcast, hasn't he? Isn't he's ne- it? He's never quite nailed down a starting position until these last few weeks, but um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I think he'd be an interesting one. Um, yeah, he's that kind of slightly pricier than the kind of Traore Cantwell midfield option, um, but he he might just have that extra little bit of goal threat. Um, I mean, the only other Brighton player, and he's a player I. I'd never really followed at all. But the last couple of games, um, their left-back, Bernardo, who, who hadn't been in the team until the last few weeks, has actually played quite well. And I think he got the, he got a bonus point um, against Villa. Uh, he does quite a lot of dribbling and kind of is a bit of an outlet on the left-back slot. So at 4.3, again, if, you, if you're looking for like a bargain, then, then Bernardo is the, the other one I'd look at, at Brighton.
0: It's definitely the season of defensive bargains isn't it and um, so that's another good pick out yeah and um, palace southampton um a palace back on form again after that draw against man city
1: well i think i think this moment comes every year but it's it's time to talk about uh chenk toson um he, he was a pod favorite the last couple of seasons um i think matt predicted great things from everton um but I, I am wondering if he he might just be able to add a little bit more quality to that kind of palace forward line and bring the best out of some of their attackers. Um, he scored a very good goal against Man City, um, and I think Jonathan Wilson on the, the Guardian football podcast has said that he's always rated him. So, I mean, he's got Jonathan Wilson and Matt Kershaw both uh, both fighting his corner. So, I mean, he's, he's he's got some high praise indeed from from those two pundits. So. Um, yeah, who who knows? Um, and they've got
0: the they've got the fixtures as well, haven't they? Palace now they've come through those couple of tough ones against Arsenal and, and Man City, and they've got a lovely run of green from here on in.
1: Yeah. So the the problem with Palace is they've never been able to kind of convert the easy home games into wins. But I'm I'm wondering with with Tosin up front, the ball might just start to stick a little bit more than it hasn't with with Jordan Ayew. Um, so it. It could, it could be a. I am, I am quite tempted by bringing toasted in actually. I'm, I'm saying I wanted to get rid of Danny Ings, um, and uh, it kind of appeals to me a little bit. That um, if you want to go a bit safer with Palace, then I guess Zaha uh, had quite a good game against Man City, and I haven't checked the stats on this, but I've got a bit of a feeling that. He he kind of seems to finish... He kind of comes on stronger in the second half of the season. He always seems to kind of put a run together. And then everyone goes with him for the start of the next season, and he doesn't really do very much. And then he kind of comes back again. So um, I know Going a few of you have had and then sold Zaha. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, 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 I guess...
0: Having having owned them, uh, having owned him, and struggled to get him out of my team for weeks and weeks and weeks, I won't be going back there. Um, but uh, please, I mean, you couldn't go more Maverick, Gary, than getting rid of Danny Ings for Cenk Tosin. that is that is as out there as I think you've ever been. So if that came off, you'd you'd win fantasy football basically. It wouldn't matter about overall rank; you would have completed the game. And um, one one player, just to shout out. Uh, who I think is going to affect a lot of people, um, is Joel Ward, who returned only a couple of minutes, but he's clearly back from injury now uh, for Palace. So I guess that slightly puts Martin Kelly's position under threat. Um, I think Kelly hasn't looked particularly convincing at right-back. I think he's more convincing at centre-back. So yeah his his place is definitely under threat which is a bit annoying because if palace are going to have an upturn in in form with their nice fixtures then you know, kelly's in a lot of people's teams when um yeah when i think lundstrom has man city so that's quite annoying timing
1: yeah i mean i I would think I think Kelly's going to get benched soon because it they've not been keeping clean sheets and he seems to be like the weak link in the defense he, he certainly um was it the Arsenal game where he was to blame for the goal so um yeah I'd I'd be surprised if Kelly starts the next game
0: yeah um okay now on to maybe the surprise package uh, game week Newcastle um having just beaten Chelsea an unfancy Newcastle team who kind of keep on doing this uh, away to Everton? What do you reckon to this one,
1: Gary? Um, well, I think with... so I mean, Newcastle have, have had this kind of misfiring forward line um, that finally Almiron started getting a few goals. Um, Joe Linton scored in the cup, but he's done nothing in the league. Um, and Saint Maximan has, has been quite entertaining. Uh, I think he put the cross in, didn't he, for the goal um, this week? So, so again, he's he's finally starting to show a few glimpses of what he can do. Um, but yeah, I, as as I said earlier, I was cursing not putting in my Newcastle defender Fernandes, who got nine points. Um, and. I think basically with Newcastle, they, they're they not very pleasing on the eye. They play this 5-4-1 formation, um, but basically what Steve Bruce tries to do is to let the other team have the majority of the possession, but then just occasionally kind of just rush them and not press the whole game, but suddenly kind of lull them into a bit of a false sense of security and then break, um, which has worked quite well for them this season. Um and you think against Everton that those kind of tactics might work because Everton are probably a team lacking a bit of confidence and they don't like having a lot of the ball maybe at home. So yeah, it's, 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 it's probably got a nil nil or a one one or a one nil to Newcastle kind of written all over it. That one. I, I don't know if uh, you see it differently, Duncan.
0: I just, you, you'd want, you want Newcastle at home to be one of those fixtures when you feel confident about it, but it just shows this season that it, doesn't seem to be that way they're kind of slightly can be slightly unpredictable team um to play against and yeah like you say with everton i agree not a team who are kind of free flowing at the moment although dominic calvin lewin is definitely kind of paying people back who've brought them into his onto their team you know eight points against west ham picking up two bonus and at his price that's pretty decent return um i just think with the everton assets we've been saying it for a little while I think it's a short-term thing, so I, I think if you haven't gone there already, then I don't think there's time to bring them in because there's only three decent fixtures before their nasty red run. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've gone for Calvert Lewin in my team. Um, basically, I, I think he is kind of having a bit of a breakthrough season, and he's kind of, he, he's kind of led the line quite impressively before, but he seems to just be a little bit more composed in front of goal this season um so yeah again if if Everton were to win then you'd you'd think that he he's going to be a good player to do it I I guess it's one of these games if if Everton score early they could win it 3-0 4-0 but Newcastle are that kind of team if you don't break them down it just gets harder and harder and harder so um I I think I'm going to play Calvert-Lewin you'd have to really at home to Newcastle but um I might be tempted to play Fernandez as well. I'm, I'm not sure yet.
0: I think a, I think it kind of rests slightly, um, a big part of the game rests slightly on whether Richarlison and potentially Sigurdsson come back from injury. There was talk um, Richarlison had that kind of last minute knee injury that we found out about just before uh, last game week. And Ancelotti said it was a minor knee injury and he hoped him to be back soon. But it's just whether these midweek games coming up come too, come too quickly. Um for a knee injury it's always a bit worrying um but we'll just have to see yeah um next up is Sheffield United versus Man City can Sheffield well can Man City do it on a rainy night uh, in Sheffield what do you think Gary
1: yeah well i think i mean man city continue to surprise me because it i think on paper they they're such a good team and I, st- I still think, like, fantasy football-wise, I mean, they, they've scored 12 more goals than Liverpool this season. So so even though they're kind of 16 points behind in the title race, like, you, you need to have Man City attackers just because they have that goal threat. For um, this game, I mean, I, I think Sheffield United like playing away from home, and that's probably a good thing because this will be a bit like a... An away match for them—they won't get a lot of the ball. I guess the one thing they will have is the crowd pumped up and on their side. Um, I mean, I'd I'd back Man City's quality to break them down, but I mean, they've just come off a game against Palace where I think on on chances created they should have won three 0 and they drew two two. So it's it, they just they just seem to find more and more like comical ways to concede goals from half chances. Um, and Sheffield United, I guess, are the kings of half chances. They never really seem to create full chances, but they just somehow managed to get a goal goal again. Um, I was saying all that. I, st- I still think City would win this one, um, but they'll probably have to work quite hard for it.
0: I, I feel like this is a, a good chance of a, a City clean sheet um, this game week. Just having watched the um, Arsenal-Sheffield United game, I thought, um, yeah, I just thought Sheffield United were really quite unimpressive going forward. I know they got their goal, um, but and the Arsenal defence is, is not far off the Man City defence in terms of kind of having a bit of a calamitous season. Um, I just think the, the amount of possession that City will have um, don't really have any injuries in the defence apart from Laporte, um, who's kind of making his return in training. Um, unlikely to feature in this game, I think, but um, one to keep an eye on uh so i think I think that city might based on Sheffield United's performance against Arsenal, I think city could do quite well in this game they're in some nice goal scoring form at least um and I think Arsenal could have profited more if they'd been a bit um a bit sharper in attack um so i think yeah I think maybe Sheffield United against man city will, will get found out slightly and Aguero, yeah. Sorry, I mean, yeah,
1: Agu- Aguero's on fire. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say from, from a Sheffield United point of view, if if they were going to score, I mean, I, I think I shouted him out on the, the Phantom podcast, but I'll give him a, another go this time. Uh, it was with John Fleck, who's now their joint top scorer with five goals. Um, and he takes quite a few of their corners as well. So if it's not if he's not going to score, it might be him planting it on McBurney's head or something. You could, I, I think, a set piece is probably the the way I could see Sheffield United scoring in this one. Um yeah, but, but yeah, I, 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 I think I, I agree with it. If I had to, if I had to put my life on this, what score this game would be? I'd say something like two nil to City.
0: You know, um, uh, you know how when we have these run up to the double game weeks, all of the focus is on tripling up on whichever team is in the double game week, uh, whichever big team is in that double game week, thinking maybe about the lesser team. And it's it always seems to be something that I get sucked into, and I always miss sorting out my team's other issues, focus fully on the double game week, you know, quite a few weeks in advance, and you miss opportunities like that Man City away to Aston Villa game. Um, and I feel like that's something I need to learn from for the double game weeks, maybe at the end of the season. Um, or blank game weeks at the end of the season. Look at those because they're the perfect time to make that move for, you know, Man City against a Villa defence that was conceding so many goals. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just an, uh, something that no one else is going to do and it's quite a nice opportunity and they don't come around that often. So, I,
1: yeah. I just, I wouldn't I wouldn't stack it on this one because, I mean, the, the, the biggest defeat Sheffield United have had all season is 2-0, I think. So, I, I don't... I mean, yeah, they, there's obviously a chance of the quality Man City have that they, they run riot. But I, I think Sheffield United hold their shape so well. And if Man City were to get an early lead, I don't think Sheffield United would chase the game. I think they would still try and keep it tight. So I um, probably wouldn't captain a City player this week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, next up, uh, it's the battle battle for top four or... Maybe it used to be the battle for top four. Maybe not this season. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Um, how do you see this one going? Is this a game for Tammy Abraham? Mm.
1: Well, I might, I might throw this one back at you because I seem to be leading on a few of these. Um, <laughs> as, as the Arsenal fan, you can maybe bring a bit more of a uh, of a balance to this. So I'll see what, what what do you think, Duncan, and then I might chip in.
0: I think this one is going to be fairly evenly matched. I think they're, they're kind of two teams in a similar place at the moment. Um, I think Arsenal showing a bit more uh, kind of shape and a bit more fight under Arteta and a bit more organisation, um, but lacking that kind of cut and thrust and that um, attacking verve that you need. Um, and I think mm. Chelsea Chelsea kind of lost their early season um uh, wave of positivity and attacking, kind of going out there and just rampaging against teams. I think Tammy Abraham is kind of a case in point, started the season so strongly. Now he's kind of ticking along enough to stay in the first team, not really being challenged for his place and not really picking up any big points hauls. And he seems to be the nearly man every week. Um, You know, he's missing quite a lot of good chances every week. He's still getting those chances, but he's still missing them. So um, I think he's a player that I'm going to hold because obviously I'm moving for a Liverpool player this week. Um, but that he's still someone that I think I might get rid of, possibly for Jimenez, who I think is a better player at a cheaper price and can play better in the bigger fixtures.
1: Um, I think... Yeah, I'd, 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 just add, I'd just add on Abraham. Like, I, th- I think... He did really well in the championship last season and he seems to have found i think he's at a level now where he's he's kind of punishing the teams like towards the lower end of the table um if you look at his his double point hauls this season it's kind of watford villa uh he did get them against sheffield united and wolves at the start of the season but i i i think sheffield united were just very new to the league at that stage and the other one was against norwich so in some ways, that is a kind of a good kind of player to have, someone who who you know is going to punish the weaker teams, but not necessarily the better teams. But the, I guess the only problem for him is that Chelsea's next four games are Arsenal, Leicester, Manu and Spurs.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. One player that I think I'd definitely pick up for Chelsea uh, potentially after this nasty run, someone who's kind of fought their way into the team and seems to be a bit of a fixture there now, I think Lampard like likes him his... Um, Reese James. Um he started the last three. Um he's got an eleven pointer and an eight pointer within those games. So, um looking good and a really nice price at the five million mark. So if it comes to kind of the double game week period, uh, when Chelsea have quite a few nice fixtures, then I think he's a, a good enabler and an attacking fullback. Um on the Arsenal side of things, I picked out Martinelli uh before last before this last game week as a Interesting option um, in Yang's absence, and he picked up the goal at 4.5. I think he'll, you know, following on from that goal, he'll start again and play in this game. And he's he's a great option at 4.5 for maybe if you're planning on playing your second wildcard, um, you know, Burnley away after this game, when Abamyang will still be suspended potentially. I'm not sure about that if there if there are FA Cup games, so you might have to check that. But um, yeah. An interesting option if you're second wildcarding for sure. Um,
1: and, and am I right in thinking that um, Ozil has become a bit more central under Arteta? He seems to be getting kind of the, put back into that playmaker role a bit more these days.
0: He, yes, but I would have to say he is still looking pretty terrible. Um right. It's not that he's not working hard; he's working hard, um, and he's tracking back, which is he hasn't been doing quite a lot this season, but his passing in the last game against Sheffield United was awful. He had a couple of good opportunities to play players through and he passed it straight out of play a couple of times. Um, so, I mean, that's what you want from Ozil. Um, so I just don't think he's an option, even though he's starting and he's he's in the number 10 position. I just think, yeah, he's not an option Fancy wide sadly. Um, player for next season to keep an eye on is Saka. Um, If he does actually start playing in midfield, because he's starting to to be Arsenal's best attacking player. Um, He was brilliant against Sheffield United. Um, And if he keeps a low price next season, then he's definitely one to watch. Um, Yeah, Um, that's probably enough on Chelsea Arsenal. So what do we think of of Leicester versus West Ham? Is Jamie Vardy, has he kind of not an FPL
1: option anymore? Are you still Vardy-less? And and loving it, I am. Yeah, so I, yeah, I am kind of because I'd I'd had a rot- rotten heart first half of the season, and I kind of decided I needed to do something a bit different to catch people up. So I I subbed out my two Leicester players. I I did have for a long time have Madison and Soyunchu, uh, but I'm com- I'm completely Leicester less at the moment. So I, I've I've really enjoyed their recent form. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I. I do think Leicester are a good team, I I just I, I had an inkling that they had two games against Liverpool and Man City, I had an inkling that they'd lose those games and that would kind of give them a bit of a wobble, um, so I mean as it stands they're still kind of comfortably in the Champions League places um, and they've, they've got a bit of a crossroads in their season because yeah, they've got this home game against West Ham. Um, then, then they've got an FA Cup tie. Then they've got the semi-final for the League Cup um, before their next league game. So it's it's kind of yeah. Did they go all out for the league to, for the Champions League? Do they do they concentrate on the cups, or do they try and do a bit of both? And then you could kind of see that bit of both because after that they have Chelsea, Wolves, and Man City. Um, it, it could cost it could cost Leicester a bit. I, I don't know. It's also maybe worth having a look, see what they do in the transfer window because um, last season they brought in Tielemans. Uh, I, I kind of feel like they need to bring in a, a couple of players, maybe even another striker. Um, but yeah, I'd I probably still stick with Vardy if you. I mean, he's been doing so well. Um, but I guess the risk if you don't have Vardy, the one I faced, is if he does score um then everyone else will make up points against you and at home to west ham west ham are a pretty obliging defense so um so yeah i think i think i'd stick with vardy if you've got him for this for this game at least
0: and i think we're, we're going to come on to this in our joint team with the rashford injury we've gone from a place where we had lots of strikers to choose from with uh up front and and now maybe not so much um so less easy to swap him out for someone um, on form. Um, But, yeah, we'll come to that in the joint team. Um, From the West Ham side of things, uh, maybe we're saying, I kind of agree that maybe Leicester are having a bit of a wobble. They've lost their last two Premier League games. Um, I think their squad is looking a bit stretched. Um, And West Ham, they've got a double game week. Uh, Is maybe if you have a a spare transfer is there a West Ham player that you would be considering if you've already tripled up on Liverpool
1: yeah I think so I mean Leicester away and Liverpool at home are two really tough looking fixtures um the one the one position that sometimes can get something out of those tough fixtures is is goalkeeper um you, you often find that the I mean, if they manage to keep a clean sheet in either of those two games, then the, keep, then the keeper will probably get a hefty haul for the saves. And even if they lose, they usually get like two or three points. I, I think was it Gazaniga got nine points in a, like a 2-1 defeat at Anfield just because he made so many saves and he got bonus. So, so yeah, enter left field is uh, Darren Randolph, is the, the new West Ham keeper with, with Fabianski injured. Um, so Randolph's kind of an experience keeper in the championship um, he's never particularly impressed me when I've seen him play for, for Borough um, but um, yeah I'd, I could easily see like you'd think even in a normal week he'd get kind of 6-7 points and he, there's a chance he might get like a 10 or a 12 point week so I'd, I'd say particularly for someone like me who at the moment has got Angus Gunn who is, is, is a waste of space on my bench then um then yeah Randolph's looking quite tempting
0: yeah nice if you've got maybe two keepers and one of them not playing good shout but but otherwise we're, it sounds like we're staying away from them um I mean
1: yeah I, ca- I can't see them keeping a clean sheet and I can't I can't see them scoring too many goals I don't, I don't know I mean they've got Haller as they're out and out forward so again he he might be worth a punt or, or nobles noble takes the penalties so we mentioned before a bit of a fantasy football legend um so yeah you know, noble did get 16 points against bournemouth a couple of weeks ago that, that completely passed me by actually that but um <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well, well we'll maybe revisit it because we've got a, a rashford problem in our joint team so we can we can revisit it maybe mm. later um Tottenham Norwich. Uh, this is quite an interesting one, isn't it? Tot- Norwich picking up uh, a, a much-needed six-pointer win against Bournemouth. Um, we, predicted, we predicted Bournemouth to be our whipping boys and Norwich to uh, to give them whipping. It didn't quite come to pass with a 1-0 penalty, uh, thanks to a sending off for an incredible handball. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, to, I did, mean, to be fair, were, there
1: was only um, there was only about five victories, wasn't there? And uh, wasn't there? so the only the only one by more than one goal was Liverpool, and that was in the ninety third minute. So uh, it was it was as close to a whipping as anything. Uh, you couldn't you Thank couldn't really you call get. Newcastle's win against Chelsea a, a whipping. So well,
0: uh, yeah, based on that, neither can we call Norwich's, but it was a win, so we'll take that. Um, do you think? Do you think Tottenham under Mourinho they they got the, the nil-nil draw against Watford, possibly quite luckily, um, with a, a Dini penalty miss. Um, but do you think that Mourinho is going to bring, with his new found defensive gem, gem Tanganga, um, a bit more defensive steel, uh, and a Norwich team who struggled to score? Do you think
1: that's going to be a, a problem for them? Um, yeah, well, I... We kind of expected Tottenham to start keeping clean sheets as soon as Mourinho arrived, and they haven't. So it, it was kind of a maybe they're finally reverting to type. Um, I, I kind of feel that he's proving a point playing Tanganga. So we don't know if he's going to... It depends on Mourinho's state of mind. He's always very hard to double-guess. But you'd, you'd say at four million, he's, he's a bargain um, until Mourinho decides he doesn't want to prove a point anymore. And goes back to playing Aurier or someone else at right back. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, yeah, you, you'd still have to fancy Spurs in this one. Um, particularly, I think these matches where it doubles up, where they're playing kind of Saturday and then again on Wednesday. I, I think Norwich put an awful lot into that win against Bournemouth um, and playing at a big pitch at Spurs. it I think they might get overwhelmed a bit here. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at the usual kind of suspects like Son and Deli Alley, um, particularly with Kane out um, as as the most likely co- source of points. Um, I'm quite happy with Gazanigo again for this game, uh, which might be an argument for me not to bring Randolph in because I, I think it does look like it's a high chance of being a clean sheet. Yeah, for Norwich, I guess they're kind of hoping that um, Tottenham's kind of lax defending continues. And you've basically only got three players from Norwich. You've got Puki, Cantwell, and Buendia, who's come close a lot of times to scoring some good goals, but never quite managed it. Um, but I think he's kind of bubbling under the surface. But I'd, yeah, I I think this is a Spurs victory. What what do you reckon, Duncan?
0: I think this is one to avoid fantasy-wise. I think it's not one to play your your Norwich bench players, um, your Campwells, and I think Tottenham aren't a team that I would be going near for transfers at the moment. I I would consider transferring those players out to free up funds for Liverpool players. um, But yeah, I'd I'd just be avoiding this fixture generally. Um, I think... One fixture that is quite interesting this game week that um, maybe people distracted by the double game week won't be thinking about is Man United versus Burnley. Burnley um, previously to this game week were the whipping boys on the stats, um, looking terrible defensively, conceding quite a few goals, and then they go and get a win against Leicester. Um, So, yeah, this is maybe not the game that I thought it was going to be with Rashford out now for the long term with a double stress fracture in his back and a floating bone in his foot which doesn't sound good so it sounds like a um, matter of months rather than weeks potentially they're saying back in february but um i think that remains to be seen and
1: yeah i think i think think there was something released at the end of the game saying that he's out for two or three months so yeah if the the game's still saying february that's wrong
0: yeah, and I I think Man United's attack is so affected by having Rashford or not having Rashford. I think it affects Martial quite a huge amount. So I think Martial is a player who I, I I've been considering moving out for Liverpool players. And I think I think with Man United's fixtures and the fact that they're losing Rashford, they've got this Burnley game, who which was the one enticing one, which now doesn't look so enticing. Then Wolves. Chelsea, Watford, Everton, Man City, Tottenham. I think it's a nasty run. So for me, it's it's one where I'm going to be looking to get rid of my Man U players. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. It's it's hard predicting the Man U starting lineup. I I wonder if this gives Mason Greenwood a chat. I, I think a lot of people have had him just because he's kind of bench fodder at four point three million. Um but i'm i'm wondering if this will give him a chance to finally start a couple of games particularly at home and he's um, going to be a big
0: a big enabler for liverpool players potentially isn't he
1: yeah so i mean if you have rashford it could be a simple case of of rashford to, for greenwood um and i do think he'd start at home to burnley i, I think he i think after a loss solskjaer will probably want to freshen things up and it might mean that martial can revert to being a an attacking midfielder for a, a week or two. Um, yeah, that's so he, an he's take. an interesting one. The, yeah. the other player I took out of just just from what just from watching the the Liverpool Man United game, I would never really noticed him before. But Fred seemed to be bursting through the midfield quite a lot of times. I'd I'd kind of never pinned him as being an attacking player. I mean, his his corners and his set pieces were still awful, but um, he, he did actually catch the eye in a kind of a. And not many Man United players caught the eye in that game. He looked like the only one who looked like scoring. He's done
0: that a couple of times this season. I think uh, Matt and Andy Ben have picked him out as playing a kind of pseudo number 10 role. Maybe he's trying to fill in for Pereira being pretty terrible. But, yeah, I think he has been quite impressive this season. Um, But, yeah, I, I like your Greenwood shout. I think that's a really interesting one because I think he deserves a start, doesn't he? And... And this is a game where he could do well because at home against a team who do concede a lot of shots um although he's up against pope who is somehow still in my team penalty save king and um, uh, yeah what about i would say probably the big game um of this game week wolves versus liverpool um is this one where we play troll and jimenez and hope that wolves do what they do against big teams and and Traore gets that space against the Liverpool fullbacks.
1: Yeah, well, it's a case of like, uh, are Liverpool ever going to slip off? I mean, it's getting ridiculous now, isn't it? It's sort of yeah. played twenty-two, one twenty-one, um, but in a funny kind of way, they they were better last season. Liverpool. They, they again, they won again this week, but they never. They seem to just find a way to win, and they they're kind of good at. Every part of the game, but yeah, I'd I'd say the Wolves one is, is is high up there in the top, maybe three or four games where they could slip up. Um, so I I'm keeping Triore and I'm going to play him because I, I basically I was on the point of subbing him out um, the week last week when he he he'd done nothing against Watford and he'd done nothing against Newcastle, and then I kind of remembered that. The whole point of Triori is that he, he's kind of the, the player who needs the space and the counter attack. So if you look at his, his double digit hauls this season, it's away at Man City sixteen points, home to Man City thirteen points, home to Tottenham ten points, and now away at Southampton ten points. So, and, and Liverpool do leave a bit of spaces like their the fullbacks like to bomb on. So. If Traore does get that chance to run into some of the gaps, I, I could see him being a nuisance. So, yeah, I I, I kind of think Liverpool have to lose eventually. Like They, they just need they, – they can't keep winning. It, it just defies logic to me. There's a few things that defy logic in this league. Like Sheffield United is one of them. And the fact that Liverpool have so many points. Like, they are very good. They're the best team in the league. But they, they just don't seem to draw or lose They don't seem to be unlucky they never they've never been unlucky like basically all season um so yeah i i perhaps (laughs) perhaps perhaps um what
0: about a triple up have you got a liverpool triple up in your team
1: so at the moment i've got alexander arnold and salah who salah again is a very quiet but then he managed to chip in with the goal at the end um so what I was looking at doing was subbing out Sterling and bringing in Mane for um, for a triple up um, and going with a Liverpool player as captain. I mean, you'd, you'd just have to say on the law of averages, if the games were going to go to form, as they have been going this season, then that would mean them winning by the odd goal at Wolves and sticking two or three on West Ham. Then, then you've got Liverpool scoring four or five goals. And... All of Liverpool's goals basically come through the same five players, so, um, so yeah, I, I I think certainly playing the percentages is having a Liverpool triple up, and that I don't know the the intriguing thing for me is whether to go for a triple captain as well, um, and kind of my rationale here is that there will be more double game weeks but I kind of feel as we get towards the end of the season, particularly if Liverpool start to romp the title, suddenly the rotation will start to come in more, not just from Liverpool, but from Man City and one or two others. Um, and I'm even thinking about Trent as a potential triple captain, just because, they, I mean, Liverpool have kept, was it, six clean sheets in a row, and he had that incredible game away at Leicester. Well, Wolves are probably about as similar team to Leicester as you're going to get. Um, I don't know, is this is this madness or is it? Uh... No, I don't
0: think it is madness at all. I think often in double game weeks, defenders can come in with huge hauls. And I think Trent is the defender in the league at the moment who is best from attacking returns point of view, even picking up bonus as well. Um, he got another assist this game week. Um, so, I mean, I think triple captain, if I had it, I would be playing it. Um, this game week, I actually blew it early in the season in game week five, I think, with Matt, Man City away to Norwich when, <laughs> when they got uh, beaten. It. i had forgotten that. I it, yeah, I think I put it on Sterling. So that's that's not great um, for me. I think in terms of the Liverpool triple up, I think I think I'm going to go with Mane, Salah, and Trent. I think what's probably more sensible is to go with Robertson trent and one of Mane or salah just because of what you've mentioned about those six clean sheets in a row and because uh, i because how they're looking to control games and keep clean sheets at the moment i think if you look at that leicester season when leicester came out and scored loads of goals at the start of the season and then they just picked up lots of one nils um to kind of close out the season I can kind of see that happening to this Liverpool team because, like you say, they don't, they're do not they not really going out and destroying teams with loads and loads of goals. When City have outscored them, um, they just kind of seem to do enough to win. And now I think they're kind of grinding out those clean sheets. So I think it doesn't mean, you know, ripping up your team and bringing lots of mm-hmm. cheap players. And and Liverpool, a triple up, I think is essential from now until pretty much the end of the season because they have the best season, best fixtures in the league um they're on a roll and I think it's better to have uh possibly better to double up at the back and and just yeah profit from that that kind of defensive solidity and still have other good players in your team. Um if I if I switched and, and went for Robertson instead of Salah, it would mean I'd have a huge amount of money in my bank just swelling around which would be quite annoying because I've planned to bring in Salah. Um, but it's definitely something I'm considering at the moment, um, because I don't think you can go through that whole run with your team so unbalanced.
1: Um, well, yeah. Um, I mean, just one one other one to shout out is just if if you don't really have the funds is like Gomez has now nailed down a starting spot at five point two. Uh, Andy mentioned him a few weeks ago, and I, I, I remember listening to the pod. I wasn't on that week, and kind of nodding along and thinking, "Oh yeah, I'll bring Gomez in." And then for whatever reason, I didn't. And he's, he's been like getting six points pretty much every week, um, playing every every single clean sheet. Actually, he came in for the first of the, the kind of the seven eight clean sheets in a row that they've had, and he's he's been ever present. So, um, if if you Would just you want th- to tinker with your team,
0: yeah. Gomez potential option. What do you think of Firmino with with Rashford's? Oh no, Gary, they're coming for you! <laughs>
1: oh yeah, so it's it's really it's really hot in here, and even though we're, I'm on the thirteenth floor, you can still hear all the uh, the sirens outside. It's uh, they seem, yeah, Santiago. Santiago's been a bit busy at the moment. I'll I'll close the I'll close the window for a few minutes just so uh, um so everyone else listening doesn't think that the police is gonna. Uh,
0: it's going to come and rage
1: you. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot of people have been talking about Firmino recently. I think because of his away form um, this season, picking up a huge number of his goals away from home, and his stats recently, um, he's kind of uh, outperforming Salah and Mane, um, and you know he picked up a goal against Tottenham as well. And um, he did score against Man United, but it was ruled off by VAR, um, and. And I think, yeah, with the two away fixtures and the Rashford injury, do you think that's a tempting
1: option? I mean, I I, I was thinking about this as well, but just watching him play, I, I, I just don't think he's ever going to be a – he's got seven goals this season. I don't think he's ever going to be a consistent goal scorer. I think he he's always the one dropping deep and kind of doing a role for the team. So, I mean, other than that, that goal that he scored, which kind of – it, it was because of quite a blatant foul, and the defence was kind of all over the place for Man United because of the because of the foul. He he barely kind of got a shot away in anger for the rest of the game. He just seemed to kind of drop deep. Um. So yeah, he's got quite a few points this season, but he's played every game, um, and he's gone through a lot of barren games in between. So yeah, I yeah. he's not one that I'm going for.
0: I'm not going to go for him. He he was part of ruining my season uh, last season, so I'm still kind of tainted by that. Um, what about the next Liverpool fixture, West Ham away? Um, do you think? <laughs> do you think maybe we've talked about West Ham? We've talked about Liverpool, haven't we? So there's not much more to say on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that even if even if Wolves did kind of provide a bit of a shock and managed to frustrate Liverpool even maybe snatch a win you'd have a second chance with the the West Ham game and you kind of think if they did if it did slip up against Wolves you'd get a reaction against West Ham if they beat Wolves this kind of form that they're on you'd think well surely it'll carry on against West Ham so either way um, you're kind of sitting pretty and if you've got your captain if you don't have a Liverpool captain, you'll spend the whole week just anxiously watching the other players in the league, thinking, Oh no, this is the situation I was in last year. I think they I transferred out my Liverpool players and I had to watch them play against Huddersfield at home, and it was just unbearable. And obviously, Salah and Maloney filled their boots. Um, so, so yeah, and it's, I mean, the, the game in between for Liverpool is a Shrewsbury in the FA Cup, so they're not. If they're going to rest anyone, it's going to be in the cup.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think maybe we do away with uh, whipping boys and clean sheets this week in favour of um, asking you, uh, because I think our whipping boys are probably, it's going to be whoever's playing against Liverpool because it's double game week. Um, So you're going to be picking those players for your captaincy. Who are you going to say is a better captain? You've already said you might be going for Trent, but if you had to pick out of Mane and Salah, I think the two of the most popular options. Who would you be going for?
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm kind of tempted by Mane as is a bit of like the the shiny new toy because if I'm if I do bring him in for my three players, I've, I've not had the chance to captain Mane because he's not been in my team. Uh,
0: that's the yeah, ben the benefit. Ben likes to bring yeah. in a player and um, make a good impression with
1: his squad by captaining him. I, I don't know. Something I've just noticed about Mane, because I I was going to say that he, they, they very rarely seem to rest him. He always seems to kind of play the full 90 minutes. Um, but I've just noticed that the last three games he's been subbed off around the 80-minute mark. So I do wonder if um, Klopp has noticed something there, that he's maybe... Kind of showing a few signs of being in the the, the dreaded red zone or something, um, and Salah
0: staying staying on all the way till the end of the Man United game.
1: Yeah, because like again, the way the way the games break down, now Salah is the one normally for the earlier part of the season. He had a spell where he was getting taken off every week where he's kind of like, niggling injuries, but now he's playing regularly. Um, I yeah. I, You'd have to say Salah out of the two, I think, just because he doesn't even seem to be playing that well. But he's getting like he's got three double-digit holes in his last seven games, and I couldn't even—I didn't even think he was on good form. But he's still doing that. So, um yeah, you'd I, I think I'd have to say Salah. What, what, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I think looking at recent form, it's not even you know going back seven games. In the last kind of three games. Uh, just as I transferred him out. Oh, God, the pain. Um, he's got 10, 6 and 7. Um, so if he came in with a score of, you know, 17 for you in the double game week, you'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, and it's just those marginal things, isn't it? It's kind of the micro forms over three game weeks. So I w- I would be looking at Salah as well, I think. Um, should we take a break? And when we come back, we can have a look at the listener league and have a look at the joint team as well adrian big night for him he really really enjoyed himself what a story adrian like rocky okay we're back and we have a new leader at the top of our at fpl ff fanatics podcast league um and it's harry quinn with his team Matic of the
1: day going
0: into first place um it took a hit this this week
1: is this another new entry, or has Harry Quinn been with us since the start?
0: No, Harry, Harry Quinn's been around a while. Um, ah, right. Yes, slowly grinding it out, and he's made it to first place. Um got Grealish in his team, which has done really well, but mainly he's got Aguero, and he captained him, um, and that is going to do pretty well. Um, pretty big differential there. Um, second place, we've got uh, Kevin Miles um, uh, with Milner Barely Noah. Third, joint third place, we've got John Hartopay, the former leader, with my Aki Breakey Heart. Um, Joint on points with Rui de Oliveira with CP Warriors. Um, And in fifth, we've got Adam Burke with Adams Reds. Um, So nice one to those guys. And congratulations to Harry Quinn. Nice move on Aguero. Um, Gary, we need to talk Rashford in our joint team.
1: Yeah, well... Before we do that, I'd, I have to say to, to my immense shame, I've been on the second page of the FFL F, um, FFF uh, Fantasy League for pretty much all of the season. I'm now sneaking onto the first page um, oh, up I to didn't forty-seven. Realize. Nice. So it's yeah, it's momentous times. Um, I yeah, there was there was three who got more than me this week. I think uh, Col Madonaha with um, seventy-two points. His team Mohat Mogenesai. Um is the is the top scorer this week. So so good on him. Yeah, with seventy odd points. Jimenez, Salah Captain, Alexander Arnold, oh, another Gazaniga owner. That's that's why he did so well. Um, yeah,
0: Jimenez and Gazaniga. What a combination.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so our team, yeah, I guess we've got one transfer this week and it's all about getting rid of Rashford, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we, we already have three Liverpool. Um, so we sorted that out, out last week with our two free transfers. So we've got Trent, Robertson and Mane. Um, so we need to pick a captaincy between those. In goal, we've got Geita, um, We've got Soyuncu at the back. So we've got a pretty nice setup at, uh, in defence this week. Then it's looking like Troy, Mane, Saar. Um, hopefully he can recover from that injury um, to play against Villa, which is a lovely fixture. Then we've got De Bruyne, uh, Vardy, Danny Ings and Rashford with the injury. So who do, you, who do you think we should be replacing him with? We've got 9.2 to spend.
1: Um, so one one thought I had was Jimenez. Um, so just because just I, I think Jimenez is one of the best strikers in the league. And although Wolves have some tricky looking fixtures, they, they do tend to play quite well against the good teams. Um, I guess my one reservation is Bringing Jimenez in for a game against Liverpool Plus doubling up on Wolves Against Liverpool Might not be the wisest option I um, would agree with
0: that Yeah
1: But then some of our other options are looking <laughs> Looking equally dicey I mean the I guess Tammy Abraham Is the kind of the, the safe Possibly the, the Safest on paper You look at his form over the season um, but yeah, with the fixtures.
0: We ha- fixtures are pretty nasty for him.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, we a couple of thoughts. Maverick ones were, um, Tosun, who we named checked earlier, um, got some nice I mean, fixtures I, coming up.
0: That I said that is the most maverick of all. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I. I mean, I I love that you're here with us to to offer your maverick insights because this team definitely needs it. Um, we're so far behind uh, and we need to catch up some ground. But I think that's a, a bridge too far for me, Chenk.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think um, we kind of know that Matt would definitely be in favour of this, but we also know that Andy <laughs> would definitely be against it. So that kind of cancels each other out.
0: I think Andy would probably uh, leave the podcast, wouldn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? kind of an intriguing one. But again, talking of strikers who don't score goals very often is um, Haller from West Ham. But he, he's got twice as many chances this week to not score. So um, and plus that leave us with a nice kind of two or three million in the bank to um, to kind of play around with for, for next week. I
0: think I, I think the Haller, I think Haller in a kind of way is our only option because we need to do something with a bit of a differential. I don't think anyone's really going to be going there. We need to, we've already got three Liverpool, we've got the space for him. But I think we have to say to ourselves that it is just maybe for the double game week and the Brighton game. But after that, we have to get rid of him. He can't hang around our our team stinking it up. Um, We just hope he he pulls out of the bag for the double game week.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could could be our legend, uh, just coming in for a couple of weeks, doing a job and then disappearing off into oblivion.
0: Okay, well are we in agreement? Should we make the transfer?
1: Yes, yes, I think so.
0: Okay, here we go, it's confirmed. Welcome Sebastian Haller to the to the team, the mighty um <laughs> the mighty joint team. What about captaincy? Um I'm guessing it's going to be a Liverpool player, isn't it? Um we've got Trent Robertson or Mane. You've already said you like yeah. the shiny new toy that Mane, but you're also considering Trent. Um, Yeah, I'm
1: very tempted by Trent, actually. I I think I'd rule out Robertson just because I think he's good, but Trent has a bit more of an attacking output than him. Um, So, yeah, it's between Trent and Mane. Um, I guess you'd probably, if you wanted to play the percentages, you'd go for Mane. He's got more points this season. Um, um, Yeah, It's, it's just having that... The only thing in my mind is that that recent game at Leicester where Trent uh, was just so good. But that's the only mm. thing kind of nagging away at me. Like, was that a complete mm. one-off break or, or could he do that again away at a, a decent team?
0: If you look at his points over the last five games, it's an, an incredible number of points in comparison to Mane. He um, kind of dwarfs Mane's points returns. Um, he's returned all of those five weeks. Um 24, eight, six, six and 9. Um, so I, I like, I think we've got to do something different. I mean, at the moment, we're still almost exactly a million in the world. Who cares if we end up two million in the world? It doesn't make any difference. So we might as well have fun with it and do some, try something different because we're not going to climb otherwise. So I reckon, yeah, Trent, Captain C, Marne Weiss.
1: Okay, well, um, yeah, we, we we definitely we definitely need it in our um, hive mind team league, don't we? We're uh, we're kind of a languishing. Uh, we're only beating the machine learning, which I, I don't know if the the machine learning team has still got a bit more learning to do. So, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we yeah we need to do something. Um, so yeah, it's train competency. That's what we're going to do. And Sebastian Hallaire, that's a bit out there
1: as well. Um, I might be cancelling out i might be cancelling out my own maverick moves this this week they're the only team i'm beating in the league by making <laughs> every time i'm on the podcast the um the, the the hive team goes just as maverick so uh yeah but, yeah might <laughs> go for trent
0: okay trent it is and money vice and I, I
1: i can't wait to hear the reaction in our whatsapp group from ben when he finds out we've transferred in sebastian haller
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know um but yeah i mean it had to be done didn't it um okay any 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 more for any more gary
1: um no just on the i, I was planning a bit of a revamp for the gut, gut punts for february so um we, we kind of had our monthly punts um, and matt's made up a bit of ground with um he picked Traore as his monthly punt so he's, he's kind of caught up a few people um but I've kind of thought of a way to make it a little bit more inclusive for the rest of the players in the game so um yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll have a little chat about that we may be revamping the gut punts in february we can reload that again
0: yeah we can we can see where we are see who's doing well in the table and have another look at the format i like that idea okay nice one so yeah in uh, in
1: the absence of gut punts just stick it all on um tank on this week
0: chenkin <laughs> and sebastian um, yeah okay well um if you don't follow us on twitter give us a follow at FPLFFFanatics. fanatics you can also get in touch with us through there as well and um, if you like the show please take the time to rate and review us um on wherever you get your podcast from we'd really appreciate that um and gary thank you for your insight this week my pleasure and thank you guys for listening. Um, we will speak to you the, after the double game week. Come on, Chenk.
1: Come on, Chenk.